It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's the Sports, sports Rush, Rush with Brett Rush. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The greatest, most interesting, most important person of all time. Oh, yeah, here we go into a Monday edition of the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, four to six. I am Brett Rump, Adam Lundy in the producer's chair. Glad to have you with us after such a busy weekend in sports. 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Any questions, comments, or suggestions? What's on your mind? What did you see, hear? Where did you go? Uh, how about that Indiana-Purdue game? Let us know your thoughts at 46862, the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. we got plenty to talk about with college basketball. Of course, uh, we've got uh, the NBA, some big stories there. It is high school basketball sectional week for boys basketball. We'll break down some of the area sectionals and make some picks. Uh, I, I mean, even women's basketball is a headliner for the show today. We've got it all, plus Don Fisher, the legendary Hall of Fame voice of the Indiana Hoosiers. He's going to be joining us coming up at 520, our 15 minutes with Fish, always presented by Cruzy Automotive Service. Well, where do I begin? Back from the road and appreciate again Shannon Griffith, the coach, filling in, uh, ended up that, uh, well, the weather certainly was a big part of the story. I don't know if anybody followed the weather up in Wisconsin, uh, other than me, because we were going there. But uh, after all the rain and really pretty seasonable temperatures here in Fort Wayne, but things got cold and wet as you headed toward Wisconsin. And we got uh, basically north of... Racine. Uh, we got all the way to Racine, which is only, what, 30, 35 miles maybe south of Milwaukee. And then all of a sudden, things just got awful. And uh, a lot of ice. It was difficult getting into Milwaukee. I think by the time we finally coasted into Milwaukee in downtown where a hotel was located, I think we were dealing with temperatures that were uh, under freezing, obviously, but also motoring at about 20 miles per hour. I mean, just almost coasting on the ramps, especially because of how slick they were. And uh, Greg, our bus driver, did a great job. Uh, man, we will not be disappointed if we see Greg every trip because that was some white knuckle driving uh, that <laughs> that the Dons had to go through to get there. And then uh, tough game against Milwaukee and on to Green Bay for a Saturday contest. The Dons, I, I thought they played perhaps one of their best weekends of basketball we've seen. Now, they lost at Milwaukee. It was a road game. A tough back-and-forth contest. I think we had 17 lead changes in the game, and almost all of those were in the second half. It was 
really a fantastic game for the fans. Unfortunately, the Mastodons fell on the short side when a three-point attempt by Jared Godfrey hit the front rim as the horn was sounding. And the Mastodons lost 96 to 94. And and even to get to that point, they had 1.1 seconds left. And they were inbounding from the baseline in the backcourt. And uh, Bobby Planutis threw the ball into the front court. And Jared Godfrey, who started somewhere near the foul line, stepped out just outside the three-point line, made a clean catch, pivoted with one quick bounce kind of a rhythm bounce, and went up and shot, and the shot would have counted if it went, and it looked like it had a chance. It was right on line, but it just hit off the front rim, off the backboard, and the Dons ended up losing it by two. But what a battle, and Milwaukee's a really good basketball team. They've proven that. They're number two in the conference for a reason, and uh, they ended up going on to beat... Uh, to beat Cleveland State on Saturday and, uh, in fact, beat Cleveland State somewhat convincingly. And so Milwaukee's the number two seed, Youngstown State number one seed for the Horizon League Championships, which will begin coming up tomorrow. Now, on Saturday, the Mastodons played Green Bay and uh, really did take care of business. Green Bay gave Cleveland State a fight on Thursday night, and you never know what to expect. A team that has changed coaches midseason, they had a couple of injuries, but they seem to be a better basketball team playing some some different guys uh, over the last three or four weeks. They had a win over Milwaukee, believe it or not. Uh, team only won three games all year, but man, they were they lost by four, they lost by five, they lost by seven. They just one of those teams that can scare you, but then doesn't get the job done at, at late in the game. And that uh, that was not a case for the Mastodons. They pretty much took control of this one in the second half, built a twenty six point lead. It was 71 to 45, and the Dons then went to their bench, and a little late flurry by Green Bay made the score look a lot closer than the game was. Final score was 78 to 61. But the Mastodons then boarded the bus, took the uh, about six hour drive back from Green Bay, arrived around 1 a.m., and, uh, and began prep. For Detroit, that's going to be the first-round opponent for the Mastodons. And unfortunately, it turned into a road game. And there was still a chance on Saturday, if Wright State would have beaten Detroit, then you would have had Wright State being the opponent in round one, which would have been really interesting because you had two opponents that the Dons were going to play. You knew this by Saturday afternoon. It was either going to be Detroit or it was going to be Wright State, and it all depended upon the outcome of the head-to-head game on Saturday between Wright State at Detroit. And uh, if Wright State would have lost, Wright State would have come to Fort Wayne and taken on the Mastodons, a team that uh, the Mastodons have beaten twice including that that Damian Sean Quee buzzer beater, that thriller, just a couple of weeks ago. And if Detroit lost to Wright State, then the Mastodons uh, would have uh, have to go to Detroit. And, And so we found out that the Dons were going to Detroit because Wright State prevailed over... 
uh, Antoine Davis and the Detroit Mercy Titans. And so it is a road game coming up tomorrow night. So I'm back on the road again this week. And who knows how long. If the Dons beat Detroit, and we're not trying to look ahead because it's all always one game at a time when your season's on the line. But if the Dons are able to get a road kill at Detroit and beat the Titans, then they most likely would have to go to the Beagley Center in Youngstown, Ohio, and take on the number one seed, Youngstown State. So the road is not an easy one for the Mastodons trying to get their way back to the Horizon League Championships in Indianapolis, the semifinals, which will start uh, at the beginning of next week. But, uh, but yeah, tournament time is upon us. And, uh, I will, uh, I'll be in Detroit for tomorrow. So it looks like Shannon Griffith will be jumping in. He'll be the host tomorrow here on the Sports Rush. And then we kind of play it by ear. It depends if the Dons win or lose. And, uh, not going to make any projections at this point because we've seen this team show up and play some great basketball. We've seen them uh, beat Youngstown State. We saw them push Milwaukee on the road all the way down to the final shot. We, uh, I, I don't know what team you're going to get. I really don't. And, uh, the, you know, I do know this. The Mastodons have four starters that are only back on college campus this year because they had one mission. They had one thing they wanted to get accomplished before they left this university. And that was to win a tournament championship. Now, maybe they focused too much on it because during the regular season, it didn't seem like they were always focused and ready to play. And they put themselves in a tough position as far as seeding because now they have to go through four games, not three. And they have to do it on the road. But this team came together and came back. Because they had one goal, and that was to win the Horizon League tournament. That's it. They want to be the team that makes history. And the talent is there. I mean, there's a lot they've got to do if they're going to win on the road. Number one, they've got to play defense. And I'm talking about all five guys playing defense. I'm not talking about your defensive specialist and then the other four guys are just there to support him. I'm talking about five guys playing defense, getting their butts down, knees bent, and playing some real hard-nosed defense. They've got it in them. We just don't see it all the time. But they say defense win championships, and I'll tell you, that could be very true for the Dons. The other thing that doesn't hurt is the Dons were hitting a lot of shots over the weekend, and that makes you that makes your defense look a lot more excusable. But uh, they got to play defense. And uh, against Detroit Mercy, you got to rebound because Detroit Mercy is going to throw two bigs on the court against the Dons, and they're going to challenge Bobby Planutis and see if he can handle a second big. I mean, we, we know that because they did it last time, and they smoked the Mastodons like a salmon, as Coach Kaufman would say. So here it comes, tournament time, ready for it, and uh, we'll see how far the Dons can can go in the Horizon League tournament with the goal being a championship, which would be one week away. 46862, Parkview Sports Medicine text line, 46862. Send us any questions, comments, or suggestions. Let us know what's on your mind. I'm sure one of the big things on your mind is Indiana-Purdue. Man, Indiana. 
doing a number on Purdue, and a lot of it was the freshman. Do you think that Jalen Hood Shafino, and I've got to believe this, that he was kind of irritated. He hears local radio. He probably even hears national commentators that kept singing the praises of the Purdue freshman guards. How great they were, man. They are playing so well, and they're such a key to Purdue's success. And Fletcher Lawyer could be Big Ten Freshman of the Year. And Braden Smith, what a job he's done running the point and distributing the ball. And I, I guarantee you that Jalen Hood Shafino had some little extra motivation going up against those two guards and wanting to prove a point. Now, we talked about the impact of this game on Big Ten Player of the Year and maybe even National Player of the Year because of the head-to-head showdown between Trace Jackson Davis and Zach Eady. But I think in Jalen Hood Shafino's mind, this was a showdown for Big Ten Freshman of the Year. And maybe this was his chance to get in the conversation because we have not talked a lot about Jalen Hood Shafino. He's been inconsistent. He's had a couple of bright spots, but he's had a couple of real fails. You know, five or six turnovers in a couple of games. You just can't do that. But now when you start to weigh it all out, Lawyer and Smith might not be the two names you talk about. It might be Asijan and Hood Shafino. Connor Asesian is balling right now for Wisconsin. 24 points over the weekend for Connor Asesian. And he did it on hitting only one three-pointer. In fact, the one three-pointer that he made set the freshman program record for Wisconsin on number of made threes in his freshman campaign. But uh, I I think there was some added motivation for Jalen Hood Shafino, and he took the Purdue guards to school. And then Purdue tried to answer by bringing in Brandon Newman to cover Jalen Hood Shafino, and that didn't work. And Brandon Newman is supposedly one of their top defenders, and they put him out there to try to cool down Jalen Hood Shafino, and there was nothing that was going to stop Jalen Huchifino in that game at Mackey Arena on Saturday night. Great basketball for the country to see because, you know, it was it was a great atmosphere, unbelievable atmosphere. I thought Indiana played really well, which certainly doesn't hurt their tournament resume. I mean, your few chances you get on national TV to make a statement as to your seating and your positioning and your value among the committee members, pretty important. And uh, I I thought both teams came away just fine. Purdue's going to be the Big Ten regular season champion, and they'll have that on their resume, especially after yesterday where Maryland beat Northwestern, and that secured Purdue to be, well, at least a co-champion. They can win it outright if they get a victory this week. They've got two chances to do that, but uh, but Purdue uh, got some help yesterday as Maryland defeated Northwestern at Maryland. But um, but Purdue's got that, and Indiana, I think, showcased that they've got more than just Trace Jackson Davis. And so I, I think it was a win really for both squads, but Indiana has bragging rights. They sweep the Boilermakers, 
And, uh, boy, oh, boy, the whole state painted crimson after that win on Saturday night. We got to take a break. We've got so much coming up on the show. Uh, we've got, and we've got a chance for you to win some tickets to the Horizon League Championships down in Indy. Uh, this would be a fun event, regardless if the Mastodons make it. And you got a chance of the Mastodons men, Mastodons women. But we've got tickets for the Horizon League Championships in Indianapolis next week. And we're going to give those away. We'll tell you how you can win those coming up. Uh, we've also got Don Fisher. He'll weigh in on this Indiana-Purdue game as he uh, was courtside for all of the action on our sister station, Big 92.3, with the Indiana Hoosiers Radio Network. Of course, our 15 Minutes with Fish, presented by Cruzy Automotive Service. That comes up at 520. Busy, busy Monday here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix. Forward is six. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. Coming up tomorrow, I will be unavailable in Detroit. We'll be prepping for the Detroit Titans hosting the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons round one of the Horizon League Championships, the tournament. It is win and advance. Now, if you want to look ahead... Uh, we can do that, although it's not assuming anything. I want to make sure I put that out there. I'm not assuming the Mastodons will win, but if they do get a victory on the road against Detroit, likely round two opponent is going to be Youngstown State, the number one seed on the road at Youngstown. Now, the Mastodons do have a victory at Youngstown earlier this year, but make no... Uh, mistake about it youngstown's been really good on their home floor in fact i think that is their only home loss in the horizon league was when the mastodons beat them at youngstown they've been been a really good home team and get great uh, crowds great support there at youngstown and so that would be a real challenge in round two and of course that game would be played trying to earn the right to indianapolis for the semifinals so it's a big week ahead for mastodons basketball and uh, we've got your coverage of the Mastodons and the Detroit Mercy Titans coming up tomorrow night at 645. But with me not being available tomorrow, then that means the coach, Shannon Griffith, will jump in. He'll be here from 4 to 6 with your daily local sports fix. And oh, also, speaking of the Horizon League, we've got tickets to the championships. That's right. We've got tickets for you to go down to Indianapolis and see the Horizon League championships in person. Now, maybe the women will make it. Uh, man, Maria Marcasano's got these women playing really good basketball. And they lost on Saturday to Green Bay. But Green Bay has been a steamroller. I mean, they have pounded teams throughout, uh, throughout this, this season. And, uh, they're, they're very, very, very good. And the women on the road at Green Bay on senior day for the Phoenix almost Almost came up with the shocker of the year because, uh, you know, just nobody expected anybody would beat Green Bay, especially after Green Bay disposed of Cleveland State fairly easily. That was a game for first place, and they played it two days earlier, and Green Bay easily won over Cleveland State. So uh, uh, the fact that the Mastodons came in, and maybe it's a little bit of a trap game. Yeah, you just had your big emotional win two days earlier, but the Mastodons played really well and showed that they can compete with anybody in the Horizon League. And so uh, we'll see what happens. And the Mastodons women get to host a game tomorrow night. In fact, you can get tickets for just $2 online for the Mastodons women's game. 
they'll be playing. Uh, who do they play? Oh, they play Detroit Mercy. That's right. It's not hard to remember because uh, both men and women play the same team in different locales. The uh, women will host the Detroit Mercy Titans, the 11th seed, in a game tomorrow night at uh, 7 o'clock at the Gates Center. And, yes, just $2 genuine. General admission tickets are available. If you go online, you can get that info at GoMastodons.com. I don't know how many of you might have watched this weekend, but Live Golf is on TV. You can find it on The CW. I tried to watch a little bit, and I started to realize, going back and forth, with the PGA Tour, where you had some guys that weren't the big names, And then you flip over to Live Golf, and you've got guys that maybe have more recognizable names. I think Charles Howell was the one that was leading and ended up winning the Live Golf event. But what I realized was the players don't make golf. Golf makes the player. And when everybody is talking about, oh, they've pulled all the big names out of the PGA Tour. Well, they're big names because we've seen them on the PGA Tour. I mean, if we if they came straight up through uh, through some of the secondary events and secondary leagues and ended up playing professional golf for live and never donned our TVs and we wouldn't have seen them playing PGA golf events, we would not know who these guys were. Golf made them. They didn't make golf. And what I learned was. Watching this this tournament, you, the guys that are playing are going to be the guys that are important. The guys that are playing in these PGA events are the names we're going to talk about. I really feel like we don't really care much about the Live Golf Tournament. And maybe I'm speaking personally, but I've got a feeling that there's a lot of you that are with me on this. That we kind of feel like it's a, a league that's been built on greed and... From from where the money has come from to fund the league all the way to the players who have jumped in to try to cash in on it. And so I think there's a lot of us that don't necessarily care much for live golf. And I don't think we'll miss it because what's going to happen is we're going to have more stars that step up. You know, who would have known Cameron Smith except for Cameron Smith and the Masters? I mean, He was a a no-name until he made his name on the PGA, watching PGA Tour events and watching majors. And Scotty Scheffler, same way. You know, and and guys like Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas made a name for themselves because we saw them have successful runs on the PGA Tour. And we watched them on main network television. And it doesn't matter to me. If a PGA professional shoots a 68 to win or shoots a 65 to win or, you know, who's the better golfer? Right now, Live Golf is based on big names. It doesn't mean they play better. It just means their names are bigger because they've had maybe more success or more more recognizable because of their success on the PGA Tour. And I feel like you could take those names out of it. And the PGA Tour is really the brand. And the PGA Tour will manufacture their next next stars. The guys who are successful, and if they go on a run, we're going to start following them. We'll consider consider them to be the next big game and big name in golf. And we don't need 
those guys that defected. I mean, I love watching Rory and John Rahm because they're big stars that are still with the PGA Tour. But you know what? I watched this weekend, and uh, and there were guys coming down to the finish and even playing extra holes that I wasn't all that familiar with, but I enjoyed watching the golf and the challenge. And in some ways, the fact that these were two guys that didn't have a lot of success, it mounted and built the pressure. And you almost bought in even more knowing the kind of pressure these two guys were under to try to claim a a PGA championship or PGA tour event win. And uh, I, I, I just don't see what live is banking on for their success. Um, you know, those big names, they disappear off our television sets. We'll find new names. You know, think about music. Bands come, bands go. But there's always a band to embrace. And I kind of feel the same way about golf. That the big names came, the big names went, and now there's a whole new group, a whole new crop of great professional golfers that are going to become household names because of those spots that have been vacated by the live guys. All right, back to Indiana, Purdue. Indiana gets the win. Zach Eady might have won the battle, but Indiana wins the war. And, of course, that battle being Zach Eady versus Trace Jackson Davis, that was all the hype and everything that Fox was doing to promote this game. But the game really became the coming out party nationally for Jalen Hood Shafino. I don't think he was a household name. I, I don't think a lot of people around America really knew what Indiana had besides Trace Jackson Davis. Well, Jalen Hood Shafino was the star for the Hoosiers. Uh, 35 points. What a game. You know, when you look at uh, the freshmen around the Big Ten and, uh, you know, the power conferences really about the only conferences that play any freshmen significantly. I mean, you look at the Horizon League, both the men and the women, and there's very few freshmen getting a lot of minutes. And uh, in, the, in the Big Ten, you do have a handful, probably not as many as normal because of the transfer portal. You now don't need to recruit freshmen to come in and play. You can actually go recruit a guy who's already got two or three years of college experience to come in and play. And then what does that mean? That means fewer minutes available for those freshmen. But uh, Jalen Hood Shafino, he was outstanding. 14 of 24 from the field, hit one of two from three, did not force any three-pointers, uh, had seven rebounds, 35 points to lead the way. Trey Galloway was fantastic. His energy was contagious. He played his tail off. And he was 5 for 11 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3. And, you know, Indiana hit almost 50% of their three-point shots, and they didn't have to rely on three-point shooting. They were 7 of 15. That's a quarter of their shots that were taken from beyond the arc, but they made 47% of them. Well, that's obviously a key for Indiana's success because we've talked and talked that this team needs outside shooting. And they got a three for four out of Galloway, a one for two out of Jalen Huchifino, and then Miller Cop doing what Miller Cop is on the floor to do. He hit three of seven shots from distance as well. And, uh, and the Hoosiers end up winning at 79 to 71. Although I don't know if the game down the stretch was that close. Indiana consistently had a double digit lead over the game's final four or five minutes. But, uh, Indiana ends up improving in, uh, Big Ten play. They are now um, 11 and 7. And because Maryland knocked off Northwestern yesterday, and Maryland is now 16 and 1 on the season at home, 
Maryland, Northwestern, IU, and Michigan are all 11 and 7, two games back of the 13 and 5 Purdue Boilermakers. I mean, it looks like Purdue's going to win the Big Ten, but there's a real battle going on for that second place spot. And with Indiana playing two home games this week against two, well, I would call Michigan a middle-of-the-pack team, but yet Michigan is sitting there tied with the Hoosiers for second place. So Indiana can take care of some of the business themselves. But then you've got Iowa at 10-8. and eight. Man, what a crazy win for Iowa over the weekend. I don't know if you had a chance to catch Iowa's win over Michigan State. But Michigan State had, what, a 15-point lead with just a couple of minutes left. And I think they were still up by, uh, what, 11 or 12 points with under a minute left. And Iowa hit five straight three-pointers and ended up forcing overtime. And Iowa won it at Iowa City. 112-106 to uh, was the final. But uh, but anyway, you've got uh, you've got a couple of teams that you should consider to be winnable games. And if Indiana takes care of their own business and doesn't doesn't fall off emotionally after the win against Purdue, I I think Indiana's in a good chance, a good spot that they could possibly get the number two seed in the Big Ten tournament. And then you'd have Indy and then you'd have Purdue as the number one seed. Could we see Purdue? Indiana, part three, to decide the Big Ten tournament. Now, I, I, you know, when we come back, I got to talk about the Big Ten tournament and what it really means, because um, I, I, I don't know that it's a real benefit to the conference. But we'll talk about that and we'll come back. Uh, you're listening to the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Don't forget your chance to win tickets to the Rising League Championships. All you have to do is text HORIZON to 46862. That's HORIZON to 46862. We'll randomly select one of our entries to win those tickets. That's HORIZON to 46862. Now, I said that I was going to talk about the Big Ten Tournament. And, you know, here's here's my issue. I know it is a moneymaker. It's a cash cow for the Big Ten. It's a cash cow for all of the leagues that put together their big showcase event where they can sell tickets, they can, uh, you know, they can get television rights, but ultimately, is it a good thing for the teams? And who do you owe your decisions to? Do you owe them to teams within your conference to give them the best opportunity to win national championships? Or do you owe it to the bottom line and try to bring in as much revenue as possible for the conference itself to distribute among your members? Well, you might get differing opinions on that, uh, depending on who you talk to. But I think that's basically what you have here in the Big Ten. This does not give the Big Ten any kind of an advantage when they go to the tournament the following week. Because the teams that are the best teams in the Big Ten, you would expect to have to grind it all the way through a Sunday and then bounce back and maybe play a Thursday game in the tournament. And here's the other factor. Those marginal teams that maybe got in because they had a good tournament run, like Indiana last year, and end up having to go to that play-in game which I, I don't know what they call it now. The first four, the play-in, they called it round one at one point. But the games that are in Dayton, I mean, those could be on Tuesday night. 
And so you play in a tournament where you're having to play every day back-to-back, which is only accelerating the amount of wear and tear on the body because you don't have the recovery period in between. So the schedule itself is not real good for Big Ten teams because I think they're risking a greater chance at injury by playing day after day after day, three straight days, without giving the body a chance to recover. But they really have no other way to do it. They book it as a long weekend, and basically it is. It's, you know, a tournament that starts on a Wednesday, ends on a Sunday. But what does the Big Ten really gain from the Big Ten tournament? The team that wins isn't going to improve their seeding because every committee over the last decade has told you that the Big Ten championship is too late For them to determine whether it means a two seed or a one seed uh, based on the outcome. And so that game doesn't really matter. At that point, the committee has already made up its mind. So you have absolutely nothing you're really playing for as far as positioning in the NCAA tournament when you get to a Big Ten championship game. That in itself is a problem. Because if you're going to put on the tournament... You want to be able to sell the resume of your tournament champion to try to get a better seed. But it just doesn't matter because the Big Ten plays too late. The committee already made up their mind who the number one seeds are going to be and built the whole tournament around those number one seeds. And they can't wait until they see how the Big Ten tournament finishes to decide whether a team deserves a number one seed. What about Purdue? They've, you know, they've lost three of five. They, you know, they're a team that possibly could be discussed as a one or a two. Right now, I think they're they're definitely a two seed. I don't think they slip to a three unless they lose another. But what they do in the Big Ten tournament, I don't think is going to matter. Unless they get beat in the first game, because that's really the only game that the committee can evaluate before they're putting teams up on the board. And they've got to look at all the conference matchups. They've got to look at uh, regional matchups. They, you know, they've, they've got a number of factors that they're weighing when they're putting those seedings together and where teams are going to be placed and which uh, region they're going to be in, that they have to have this process well underway, if not almost completed, by the time you get to Saturday night. And so, uh, to, in my mind... Uh, at this point, Purdue probably is sitting on a two seed. They could fall perhaps to a three, but maybe they could earn a way to a number one if they steamroll the Big Ten tournament. Well, the committee's not going to know. It's not going to matter. You're not going to see Purdue change from a two to a one because at three o'clock on a Sunday afternoon when the the, the brackets are being released three hours later, uh, Purdue ended up winning a championship game by 15 points. It, it won't matter. I, th- I think the Big Ten, number one, risking injury. Number two, wearing down their teams. Everybody wants to talk about what's the problem with the Big Ten's success uh, in the, the postseason. And yes, I know somebody's going to say, well, the Big 12 does it. The ACC does it. But I, I do think it's more of a grind in the Big Ten. I think there's more good teams and I and, and honestly, it's like, what does it really matter? What is the outcome? What is the result? All it is is another chance to cut down nets, to claim a title that means very little when it comes to three days later. 
The real championship is the one that's won when you have to go into other teams' buildings and win, when you have to protect your home floor, and you have to go through a 20-game schedule and be the best through a 20-game season, not when you're the best team over a three-day period and maybe you've got a deeper bench or maybe you know there's, there's a key to the start times of your games that comes out to be an advantage. I, I just, I'm not buying into this whole Big Ten tournament stuff. I mean, I love it as a fan, and I think that's really the only people that gain anything by the Big Ten tournament, the fans that get a chance to watch. But uh, bottom line... It's it's not a good thing for the Big Ten. It's really not. Four six eight six two Parkview Sports Medicine text line four six eight six two. Don't forget Horizon. The four six eight six two. Your chance to win tickets to the Horizon League Championships down in Indianapolis. Of course, this week not only the Horizon League tournament taking place, but it's time to start Hoosier hysteria. It is time for high school basketball sectionals all over the state and time to pick some games, right? So let's go ahead and do some picking. First of all, the Carroll sectional in Class 4A. Round one is going to take place on Tuesday with DeKalb versus East Noble and Northside versus Carroll. Um, I, I think DeKalb... You know, through the season, I think they've had some some baby step improvements. I And I think East Noble is actually playing better basketball here in the month of February. But I think it is going to be a slight win for DeKalb. I think this game might not even make it to 50. Uh, but, I, but I'm going to go ahead and predict that DeKalb wins it 50 to 46 over East Noble. Then you've got Northside Carroll. I I still believe that one of the most talented teams in the area is Northside. Uh, they're still a little bit youthful, but um, but I think with Bodie Dickerson, that certainly helps uh, bring some experience. You know, his experience as a quarterback in the football team. I think that is you know someone that that hopefully can lead. I think seniors are always important when it gets to the postseason because they're playing for their high school basketball careers and they might be playing for their basketball career because when it ends, many of them won't be going on to play college basketball. And so I'm going to go with Northside to beat Carroll, even though the game is at Carroll. And uh, I'll give Northside a 10-point win over Carroll. Northrop is going to take on the winner between DeKalb and East Noble, and Snyder will take on the winner between North and Carroll. And uh, I think ultimately the championship, and I think Northrop's going to find a way to win that game. I think Northrop, they, they've had a tough year, 4-18, and 18, I know. But I think Northrop is going to find a way to get to the championship game, and I think uh, Northside will defeat Snyder. Uh, Snyder may be still too young. Uh, that could end up being a shootout. That game could be one of those 80 to 78 games. But I'll take uh, Snyder and Northrop in the champion, or uh, I'm sorry, Northside and Northrop in the championship. Northside is your winner at Carroll. Then we move on to Columbia City, another 4A, where Wayne will take on New Haven. Uh, Wayne is on a roll right now. I will take the Wayne Generals to defeat the Bulldogs. And I think this one ends up something like 76 to 60. Uh, let's go to Homestead, Huntington North, uh, defensive battle. But I've got Homestead winning it over Huntington North, 52 to 37. 
Then you've got Southside taking on the winner of Wayne New Haven. Wayne will defeat Southside, and Columbia City will take on the winner of Homestead Huntington North. I think Homestead edges Columbia City. I think that'll be a close one because it's at Columbia City. Uh, but I will take Homestead versus Wayne, a rematch in the sectional championship. And Wayne does it again. Somehow Wayne prevails and uh, and wins back-to-back games against Homestead, not only to claim an SAC title, but to claim a sectional title. That will be a great sectional championship game if it comes to fruition. Now, 3A, where we've got games taking place in um, Garrett with Dwenger Angola. I'll give it to Dwenger only because... You don't bet against Matt Kostoff in March. Um, I've got Leo Concordia. I'm taking the Cadets. And uh, then uh, also the second game on Wednesday will be Garrett versus Woodland, where Woodland will roll. Now you've got the Friday semifinals. Heritage against what I will pick as Dwenger. And I'm going with the Saints once again. Uh, I, I Again, don't bet against Matt Kostoff in March. So I'll take Dwenger to make the championship. I'll also take Concordia to beat Woodland. Dwenger-Concordia championship game. Cadets cut down the nets at Garrett. At Peru, you've got uh, Belmont against McConaughey, and you've got Norwell against Northwestern. Uh, give the wins to McConaughey over Belmont and Norwell. We'll get a convincing win over Northwestern. It will be Norwell ultimately winning the sectional. And watch out for Norwell Oak Hill Saturday night. What a game that's going to be. Uh, Oak Hill is a really, really good basketball team. And uh, that will be one showdown that's going to go down to the wire. I just almost am assured that game's going to be close. Um, two-way, you've got the uh, tournament taking place at Westview where Cherubusco takes on Westview. Westview will win that. You've got Fremont Prairie Heights. The Prairie Heights team will win that. Uh, Eastside gets a bye. They'll take on what I think will be Westview, and Westview will defeat Eastside. Central Noble will defeat Prairie Heights. That might be one of the best games at Westview all week long. And then uh, in the championship, uh, I am so torn on this one. But uh, uh, I... I think it's going to be close, but I'm going to give it slightly an edge to Central Noble. Um, and then South Adams, finally, where uh, Adams Central will be Whitco, where Manchester will be Bluffton, Blackhawk will beat South Adams, and then Lures plays probably Adams Central. And I, I tell you, this could be a heck of a game, too. This is a tough one to call. I love this Lures team, but Adam Central is so good. I'm going to say, because of the rest, Lures wins, but it's close. And then in game two, you'll have uh, Bluffton versus Black, or I mean, I'm sorry, Bluffton. Um, in game two, you're going to have Blackhawk Christian against Manchester. Blackhawk will advance, and Blackhawk wins the sectional at South Adams. There you go. There's your picks. Uh, Got to take a break. Heading to the top of the hour, we'll take. Uh, we'll have Don Fisher, legendary voice of the Indiana Hoosiers, joining us coming up at about 520 for our 15 minutes with Fish. It is a packed hour, and once again, you can win Horizon League championship tickets to Indianapolis next week if you just text Horizon to 46862. One random winner selected before the end of this show. It's the Monday edition of the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.